content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. I'm Decker. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? It's true. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, here's a brief rundown of how this is going to go. We've got six categories. (laughs) There you go. Of stuff. Six categories. Here's a brief rundown of how this is going to go. We've got six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. The categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. We'll Ooh. use an eight-sided die, so if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories. Except. It has to be local. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you roll an eight... Then it's a wild, and you get to pick whatever the hell you want. Woo! So, that's cool. That's very cool. That happens to you a lot. I, I mean, I did get it twice in a row. Yeah, and I feel like that's happened before. Did it? I have no, no I got, idea. I got, like, I got, like, that could be current a events or something. I got one of the other categories twice in a row. Or maybe it was, like, double paranormal. But I know there was one where you are right, but it was or not wild. I don't know. Yeah, one of them was double. It though. could have been many things. We obviously don't remember. Hmm. <laughs> Someone who's listened to them all in a row is like, guys, what is wrong with you? How do you I, not remember this? I know, I understand this dilemma now because I used to always think, like, how do you not know where you're at? And then that's my consistent state of being. <laughs> I don't know where I am. <laughs> Who am I? What year is it? Why do I exist? Why am I up? <laughs> all these questions we ask today. And tomorrow. Why are humans built with a self-destruct? Anyway. What? What? What was that? What? Nothing. He was built with a self-destruct? Is there a self-destruct? Is that what the belly button is? No. Okay. Uh, just the overwhelming urge to die. Ah, uh, yes. That, that urge. <laughs> Anyways. eating and or sleeping. I do say and or because one is always greater than the other. I feel like if I had to choose between eating or sleeping, I'd probably choose sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Really? I love you. You would choose sleeping. Dude, I have been eternally tired this weekend. I've been eternally tired for eternity. <laughs> so, I mean, I love, I love eating. But if the, the choice was eating or sleeping, I'm gonna pick sleep. Yes. I need that to, like, 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 I, like, you start going crazy after several days of, like, but, like, I'll just be hungry. And, you know, I'll die at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, so, either way, you die. It's just, do you think I, like, you become one of those people that, like, sleep eats? Dude, yes. Where you wake up and oh, you're suddenly, like, oh. in the, the kitchen and you've got, like, half a sandwich. It's a good thing I don't sleepwalk because I'm pretty sure that would have been my life. Really? Yeah. Unless I do sleepwalk, I'm just very stealthy. I don't think so. I don't think so. If you did, I'd probably hear you because I'm always fucking awake. <laughs> Fun fact, you just haven't ever slept your entire life. You just lay in bed, stare at the ceiling like an insane person. Do you know how many times I have been awake when John has gotten up from work? Still. 
I mean, like, well, John's up. Wouldn't it be great if I could go to bed for the next hour and a half I have to sleep before I get up for work? Oh, my God. That's gonna be the worst thing. <laughs> Somebody, I think, was it, I think it was some kid that was like, I'm just having a really hard time. I only got, like, six hours of sleep last night. And I was like, are you kidding? That is so much sleep. I, I, I would kill to have your kind of sleep. So, Decker. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I'm going to talk about something that I've always found very intriguing. Uh, there's not a whole bunch to it, but it is cool nonetheless. Because what I'm going to talk about is symbiotic relationships. Symbiosis. Symbiosis. Correct. And, um... The reason why I found it so intriguing is, you know about my love for Spider-Man. Right? Yes, my yeah. brain did not... <laughs> yeah. My brain did not compute, like... the way. So the way that you said it, it didn't sound like Spider-Man. It sounded like Spider-Men, as in, like, a bunch of men that are spiders. Not, Women? like, the Spider-Man. Women. <laughs> Women? <laughs> so my brain was just thinking about all of these, like, really fuzzy guys with lots of legs and I was very unhappy. <laughs> it's like Chip and Nails but just legs. Except they I wanted to vomit. Ah, uh, yes. There you go. Sorry, oh. Jillian. Yeah, and oh, poor, poor Jillian. I really need to find a way to have some trigger warnings for her. <laughs> like, just let her know. Like, like, well, for one, don't talk about Spider-Men. Spider-Men. No, but yeah. Uh, so Spider-Man, right? So there's the... Uh, symbiote which uh eventually attaches to peter parker and to other people like eddie brock and yeah and so we get like venom or like i love venom dark suit spider-man which is cool except for i never understood how the webs worked for that because like the only thing i could think of would be like unless unless it really was it was one of three things it was either it was either it was actually webs right coming from peter parker but they just came out black uh, it was not that. <laughs> it was either this or not that. You know what? Actually, there's two options here. <laughs> it, either was it, it either was or it wasn't. And if it wasn't, that means the symbiote literally stretched out to, like, you know, meters and meters and meters till it attached to something to carry him, which means that he technically should have had less symbiote on him every time he swung. I, oh, or, like, did it That's a weird thought. You like, know what I mean? Would he, like, run out eventually? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he was supposed to be Venom. Yeah. Supposed to be. Yes. And then he became Venom. Supposed to be. And then he died. Spoilers. I realized that, like, the critics did not particularly care for this most recent Venom movie. I, however, did. I so. get to see it. Well, we should fix that. I know. Um, but yeah, so I bring this up because... You know, whenever you think of symbiotic relationships, you think one of two things. You think of beneficial symbiosis, right, which would be called mutualism in the symbiotic tree, as I'm going to call it. Um, and then you have uh, parasitic symbiosis, which is like where 
Uh, mutualism is where both parties get the benefit, like a clownfish and a sea anemone. I can't say it. A sea anemone? I'm just saying an enemy. A sea anemone. Right? So a anemone. You can do it, I believe in you. Sea tentacles. There we go. So. A sea ood. Right? Right? Where like they both gain benefit because the clownfish helps to ward off things that would eat the sea tentacle. And then the. And then the sea. Ah, uh, yes. And then the me. It's like cinnamon. That's adorable. And then the me. The sea. Fuck. The sea anemone um, would uh, protect the clownfish from predators that would try to eat it, right? So they have pretty much a uh, mutualistic ben- uh, relationship to where, to where. What are you doing? I don't understand. What's up with your hair? I don't know. I love your hair has become that of a troll doll at the very Look at this. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the fuck happened to your hair. Well, somehow it was an updo. What the fuck happened to your hair? This segment where we talk about fashion sense and hairdos. Okay, I cannot do my own hair. I did, a professional lady did this. Yes. I mean, this was not the finished product, but... <laughs> I was like, that was as far as she got? No, a I just... professional at half-assing You hairdo. just watched me take all of these pins out of my I'm hair. I'm not gonna lie, my brain did not register what the original it... look of that was. I'm, I'm glad sorry. it made such an impression. I'm sorry. Oh, I need some water. <sighs> I will now return to my normal state of look, which is sad homeless person. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So, um, right where so like you have you have mutualism, right, which I just explained, and then you have uh, like, uh, oh, fuck. I don't think it's just called parasitism, but uh, yeah, it is called parasitism. Cool. So and that's when one person gets the benefit of the. You know they get. One of them gets a benefit, and the other one does not. Like a freaking tapeworm, because God just hates things. Did so. you, they, you know, they probably still do it, but they used to sell tapeworms as mm-hmm. weight loss tools because our society is fucking stupid. No, just drink, just drink a shit ton of water. Like here, here. Oh, that's gonna be a great sound <laughs> what bite. Mmm. Don't worry, that was the water. Okay, so. And no, that was his tapeworm. Just drink all the water, fill it with tapeworms, and you're good. <laughs> right? That's how it works, right? Like, I never just... The, I, I want something to hurt me on the inside. So that way I look great on the outside. I guess at that point... Oh, that brings up a great point. At that point, would that be a parasitic relationship? Or would you consider that mutualism because the, the host is telling you the benefit of, you know, reducing in size? I guess you could argue that it, 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 it's transference of a state of parasitic, uh, it's still a parasitic action, but since the host does benefit from the initial... They aren't actually benefiting from it, though. They're dying. Right, but like in, in like the mentality of it, they are benefiting because it's doing what they wanted it to do, which was to literally feast on its body till it got smaller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's still a parasitic relationship. But I guess that that's one question that wasn't answered in my research here, which is, because um, we don't really talk about the psychology of human beings with parasites. We just don't. We have parasites. 
all over. That's right. You also have parasites in your body. Congratulations. But um, don't freak out. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't freak out. You'll wake them up. Don't worry. If you have parasites, you'll figure it out because you'll start <laughs> feeling bad and such. Um, Thank you, Dr. Decker. <laughs> Dr. Decker, I'm here to solve your issues. <laughs> if you have tapeworm, just drown it out. I don't think that's how it's that It's not works. how that works. Have you ever looked at pictures of tapeworm? Yes. It's good. It's disgusting. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, by the way, because I definitely have a picture I want to show you. Oh, good. Which is disgusting. <gasps> Sorry, Jillian. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Forgive me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jillian, I'm just going to like walk by her one day. She's going to be listening to her episode, and also I'm just going to go, <laughs> God, <laughs> the worst. Um, but yeah, so in these uh, symbiotic relationships, right, and, and you can kind of see like this like Z tree, right, which I thought was very interesting. I, like, I think it's a really nice diagram because you have mutual, mutualism at the top, right, and then you have the next one, which is communalism, which is where um, this is normally something that's prevalent with uh, <laughs> entities that transition, like maybe they use, uh, they're like a freaking... Um, God damn it. It's here. No, you don't. Ah, remora and sharks. Yeah. Right. Where, like, they basically just ride the shark. The shark's just like, whatever, I'm doing my thing, but the remora is getting the benefit of not swimming. <laughs> it's a lazy asshole. I know they're just a freaking mooch, but the shark is gonna do whatever it was already gonna do, right? Shark's gonna shark. So that's communalism, which is it's funny because the word communalism comes from the uh, like the Latin word of mean like like coming around like a table, like to share a meal. Mm-hmm. Except for at that point, you'd both be benefiting. <laughs> so I find the word kind of. Uh, Silly slash misuse in the situation. Because How silly. Because it's like, because like, one person's doing all the work and the other person's just getting all the benefit while technically the person would have been doing, or the entity would have been doing whatever it was to be doing to begin mm-hmm. with. There's a lot of, that was a very wordy sentence, and I apologize for it. So then the next one here is you have what's called neutralism. Now, I find an example of this, but the way I can pretty much see it is like, if you are walking down the road and another human walks down the road, guess what? Nothing happens, really. You guys both just kind of go your separate ways. So it's pretty much like everything existing but not actually having an impact on the other's state of being. Pretty self-explanatory. Then you also have what's called immensalism, which is a very interesting one in where one species gets no benefit, but the other species is harmed. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to kind of explain this one is trees and saplings. Right? And the reason why I say that one is, you know, uh, the seeds populate, you know, they, they get into the ground, they start growing, and the tree itself is not actively trying to harm the trees. But because the, the small the saplings are within the proximity of the tree in which it gets its resources and it has deeper oh. roots. Technically, by it just being there, it's nothing <laughs> can change for, for resources it. now. They're competing for resources. So now we're starting to get towards competition. You know, that is not something I ever thought about, is trees competing for resources. Right, because you don't, you don't think, like, you, you think it has Like, they to are be, the resources. Like, <laughs> you think it has to be, like, uh, animals tend to compete, right? Or, like, you know, uh, maybe even, like, some, like, bacteria and stuff. The compete. earth is just a dead thing you can own. Right, <laughs> but... I mean, that's what I've been told. 
Bye. America. So, um, but I never, I never thought about it that way where it's like, you can have something where it's nothing changed in its life, but because it exists, it had a negative impact on something else's life. I just found that very fascinating. And then I was like, oh, philosophy. And I started thinking about all the things in life that seemed to coincide with this. Um, <laughs> And then you have the really dickish one, which is called just competition. Mm-hmm. And with that one there is both parties are harmed. And the best way to describe this one is um, like during mating season with like deer or elk. Mm-hmm. And they, they go through their rutting phase to mm-hmm. compete for a female to reproduce. Because if, if I ever learned anything from wildlife, it's that... Women and <laughs> just kidding. I'm not going to finish that sentence. No, nope, but <laughs> you can cut it out later. But I have to know. Well, that women are only here for reproducing. Right. Congratulations. Right. I was told to learn from the world. That's what the world showed me. Just the kidding. The world is dumb. No, because I mean, I mean, sorry. That's not me saying no to that. But I was no, gonna I say know. there, there. Uh, what was it? Did we? Were we watching the lemur episode where it's like women are more dominant? Yes. Right? And then the, male, the lemurs female are, lemurs are... Male lemurs are like, apparently like frat boys where they just try to cup a fart and waft it in your direction. Yes. <laughs> Man. Thanks, I'm, Frank. I'm so attracted <laughs> right now. Just like, I saw a post somewhere that was like, oh my god, Kyle, a woman is rocking, walking down the street. Rev your engine right now so she knows how big your dick is. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so yeah, but let, let's go in deeper to, uh, to some of your relationships because... There are actually some more complex things about this. So, what? What have you done? Oh, I just made a sound with my fingers and it sounded really gross. Sorry. I do really. I am. Okay, okay. So, this is. I'm getting my fucking glasses. All right. So, um, one of the things I want to talk about here is all the different ways of symbiotic relationships in terms of, like, what types there are. So, like, those are the, like, state, like, those are the types of relationships you can have, but then there's, like, major categories as to what impact, like, how the host or how the, um, (laughs) the symbionts, this is technically how they're classified for each... Uh, entity that interact with each other, how they actually, how, how the process technically starts. So, you have, you have obligatory symbiosis, which means that you need to have this other host to exist. A cool thing I saw when I was doing some of my research was like a great example for this is uh, there is a certain algae that will only grow from the exposed shells of salamander eggs. Very interesting, right? And so that's the only thing that will grow when they have those eggs. And when the eggs start getting used up, less of them will grow, right? So it's very much, uh, I want to say, very linear in terms of its growth, right? It'll grow when it's there, and it'll go away when it's not. Kind of interesting. And then you have another obligatory relationship is actually with lichen. Lycanthropes. Sorry. What? Lycanthropes. With werewolves? <laughs> or do you mean like lichen, like on a tree? Like, I meant the latter. 
fucking. Oh my god, I must be so tired because I, I couldn't believe I said that. You said it with such confidence. I too. did, I did, and I regret it. I don't. But so, so lichens though. Lichens are a mix of uh, bacteria, fungi, and uh, I believe some protozoans. And so those ones actually need each other. Without the other, they would not become the, uh, they would not become algae. They'd mm-hmm. actually both die. So that one's a really interesting relationship where like it actually needs it, another thing in order for it to survive. Without it, they'd both perish. Really interesting. Um, then you also have, uh, it's called f- facul- uh, facultative. facultative. It's such Excuse a weird you? word. Facultative, <laughs> which means it's optional, right? So think about the remora with the sharks. Like they don't need the sharks. It's just very convenient. It's an accessory, right? It's great transit, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, uh, but then you also have. Um, while it might be optional, it's extreme. You know their life. Uh, what I'm looking for the the optimization of how they interact is hugely diminished without them. Uh, a great example of this is meat ants with. Uh, I'm sorry. Leaf harbors. Meat ants. Meat ants. Yep, they are. They are a type of ant that eat. Dead, like, like, they basically are, like, dendrivores, right? So they, they eat dead animals and plants. Ah, okay. So. Someone is just real creative when they name them. Right. Do you see these ants? They're eating meat. (gasps) Meat ant. Meat ants. (laughs) Meet the ants. See, that's what I thought you said first, and I was like, what? So, so meat ants, like, they, they, they harvest all, all the meat off these carcasses, but, uh, and they're very territorial, and they like don't like any other insects getting around in their in their business, except for leaf um, leaf harpers. Now, leaf harpers are accepted because uh, of twofold. Uh, one is, or I guess actually, it's one thing that does two things for them. Sorry, I misspoke. So, they leaf harpers secrete a resin when they're trying to break down plants and cellulose, and when they do that. This uh, it's a it's like a sweet sugary resin that comes out, and the le- uh, the meat ants actually take that resin, and they use it to preserve the meat. What the fuck? Those are some smart fucking ants. God damn. They, I'm like I I'm like you like just you're an ant. <laughs> natural selection. Somehow they the point where like they like I don't need a refrigerator, but I can use sugar to preserve this meat. This like like sugary resin that's excreted from these leaf harpers, and then they're also- so hold on a minute. Huh. Via natural selection, we have these ants that have figured out if you take this thing from this other bug and put it on meat, you can preserve this meat. Not only that, they can also use that sugary resin as a source of food if there is no meat around. But then we have 8th grade boys that are like, hey, kick me in the balls. You know, evolution's a very interesting thing. I don't think it's working. <laughs> I don't, I think <laughs> Or maybe it's just working very well. And it's keeping us in check. Is it? Uh, I don't know. But um, but I just found that I found that very curious because I mean the main thing that was very interesting was the fact that they used that resin to preserve nuts. their meat. 
I'm like, what? Like, that blew my mind. Uh, but that's that's one example where if they didn't have those leaf harpers, their life would become significantly more difficult. Mm-hmm. They'd lose, technically, uh, they could lose two food sources because the meat goes bad mm-hmm. and also that resin is no longer available to them. So that's just another very interesting relationship. But again, that's totally uh, facultative. Facultative. Yeah, I'll get it right at some point, but that's the word. Uh, so the next kind of symbiosis, right? So those are like relational in terms of what's necessary or not necessary for that pairing to happen. This next one is actually um, descriptive of how the physical attachment is created. So you have symbiosis uh, where organisms actually have a bodily union, which is called uh, conjunctive symbiosis. This is exactly like the uh, lichen that I mentioned. The lycanthropes? The lycanthropes. (laughs) Lycanthropes, they grow in the water. (laughs) They're green. Oh my god. I love this theory. It's okay. This might become an enemy now in Starfinder. I may make this Perfect. Great. Good. I love the new things. Thank you. I'll make a note to sort of remember that later. Um, But, so those, that is, that is conjunctive, and then you also have disjunctive, which would be, like, um, yeah, the exact same thing that I mentioned, right? The ants and the leaf harpers, right? They don't actually um, bond to become, like, some sort of, like, uh, uh, fucking, what is it called? Megazord. <laughs> they don't, like, transform into a new entity, uh, which would be kind of reminiscent of how, like, with Spider-Man, right? Technically, that one's an interesting one. I, I would like to try and see if I can find a good descriptor of it because... The Spider-Man? It's not necessarily parasitic, mm-hmm. per se. The, the, the symbiote in Spider-Man, it, it provides a benefit for, for both itself and the host. Now, while it does use up, like, kind of the life force of the host, it helps to protect that host from what it's taking. And the host gains benefit of the protection from that symbiote. So basically, it's like... You can have some of my energy, and I will have this protection, right? Um, and I believe I heard, I'm not sure how true this is, but I heard apparently in the Spider-Man like mythos, uh, the symbiotes are actually, they originally were very good entities created by like, like the gods of that universe. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of cool and interesting, because they were meant to help... Um, enhance the traits of their host so they wanted the symbiotes to be with you know benevolent good things but of course uh i believe the symbiote that touched down on earth that was the original one not Mm -hmm. like the carnage symbiote. um that one was like an infant and because it was exposed to you know toby Maguire's angsty (laughs) dancing It it transformed into a very unhappy. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's yeah. fair. <laughs> I mean, you know me. <laughs> I love. Oh man, you really have to see into the Spider Verse because that's so it's so good. Um, but then the last thing here is we have endosymbiosis and we have ectosymbiosis, which is where like endosymbiosis would be like a tapeworm inside my body, right? It's inside of me. It's it's like, kind of, like, fused to a part of me, whereas, like, head lice would be 
um, a uh, ectosymbiosis, which is it's on the it's superficial. Right? Okay. So like it actually like burrows into my skin, but yet it's still there, like a tick or like lice or um, Do lice chiggers, burrow? which chiggers How is such a burrow. They probably don't, but they still suck blood from the yes. like, from your scalp. So they're still like they're still superficial, but yeah. And did you ever did you ever hear of chiggers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that word. That word's a. You ever looked at pictures? Dangerous. Yes, and they are fucking terrifying. Anything that burrows into your skin is fucking terrifying. Yeah, I do not like. There's some. Like, I wrote it down. Looks terrifying. It's on my list of things to talk about. Is it? Uh, not chiggers, but I could put that on my list. There's a big worm. You know what? We'll, just, we'll save that for its own thing. It's, it's fine. a round worm, is it? No. Okay. Because that's actually funny you bring that up. I actually wanted to... Oh, actually, no, I got rid of it because it was really in-depth about something I didn't need. But, um... Uh... Oh, where was I going with this? Where was I going with this? Get back to my notes. Oh, I remember what it was. So, now what I wanted to end it with is some uh, basically a lot of the more common types of symbiosis and just because like there might there's some cool ones in here that maybe you would not necessarily know about right and again symbiosis does not mean mutualism it just means that it's two entities that due to their interactions can have either a benefit nothing or harm or a combination of all those so. Um, one of the things is honey badgers and honey guide birds. I didn't know there were honey guide birds. Do they also give no fucks? Uh, kind of. Well, uh, honey guide birds are really cool because they're really adept at finding hives. So what they'll do is the, the honey badgers will follow the honey guide birds. That, like, okay, that name makes to, sense. To these hives. Then they'll let the honey badgers destroy the hives. And once the honey badger has had it fill the hives... Feast. They feast wow. on honey badgers. Aww. Right? That's kind of cute. Yeah. I mean, not if you're bees, but... Yeah. <laughs> right? Poor bees. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I already mentioned leaf harpers and the meat ants, which are just very fucking clever. Um, egrets and everything. The reason why I say that is egrets are very good for, like, the ecosystem, and they all they tend to feed on larger mammals in terms of the, like, the parasites off of the mammals. Mm-hmm. So that way the parasites can, uh, you know, the, the mammals can be free of that burden. But another cool thing is egrets supposedly are a huge indicator to um, an environmental shift based on that area. So be that if, like, something nasty comes its way and it's, like, um, an invasious species, right, and it's going to be detrimental. Normally if you have a loss of egrets, that probably means that there's something weird happening to that ecosystem. Um... The next one was zebras and oxpeckers. And this one, I think, goes actually between mutualism and parasitism because what happens is, is the oxpeckers will be on the zebras and they'll help to get the parasites out. But supposedly, and I do say supposedly because there, well, there were a lot of saying this. I couldn't find any definitive proof on it. You didn't so, interview any actual zebras? Right. I mean, I thought I'd go to the zoo, but they are closed now. And it would be considered trespassing. So <laughs> I'm too tired for that shit. So, I'm too tired for trespassing. So um, 
But oxpeckers have supposedly been known for pecking too hard at the zebras. Oh. To open up wounds. Rude. To get more parasites on the zebras to feast. That's not cool, man. Right. So that's why I'm like, it goes back and forth between mutualism and parasitism because while they don't outright kill the zebra, it sounds like they might actually start using the zebra for its food to show up. So it's almost like using zebra as a bait. That's, that, no. Yeah. That's mean. That's very mean. So, um... And then another cool one, and this actually brought me to one of the things I'm going to talk about, which is another form of symbiosis that I remembered, not through research here, but through a book called, and it's by Charles Dawkins, and it's called The, uh, the God Delusion. I've heard of this. I believe it's what it's called. And so um, this is where uh, tree ants and woodpeckers have a symbiotic relationship, and it is mutualistic. Kind of. And the reason why I say kind of is normally they're, you know, woodpeckers would eat tree ants. That's what they're going to do. But when a woodpecker wants to lay its eggs, it'll lay its eggs in the hive of the tree ants. And the tree ants will protect the eggs, and the woodpecker will protect the tree ants. Wow. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. Until the eggs hatch and then they... Probably. Eat them all. <laughs> right? Hey. It's, like, it's like a tentative truce until I become hungry enough. <laughs> um, but this brought me to the next one, which is, have you heard of, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally spacing the words now. The, ah, that's what it was. Okay, sorry. So there's brood parasites, which is an interesting way of, like, having a symbiotic relationship in terms of, like, this is definitely going to be either... Uh, a mix between communalism or uh, parasitism. Okay. Or I guess it could also be competition as well. Either way, something's getting a benefit and either it's at a no cost or it's at a detriment to the another species. So with cowbirds or cuckoos, they will lay their eggs in the nest of other birds. So think of like, uh, let's do an example where like you have a, you have a robin and it lays. I've heard of this. Yes. you like, they'll have a robin and they'll lay an egg in the nest, right? Mm-hmm. And then this, uh, let's just say cuckoo, because this is the one I believe Charles Dawkins talks about, talks about is the cuckoo will come in and leave its egg in the nest. And one of several things will happen depending on the um, nature of the, uh, like where it's at in terms of like natural selection. Because it does go through a process of, like, mutualism and then, like, taking advantage and then being, like, mistrusting. That's, yeah. like, the cycle, right? Where it's, like, I trust you all times. Now you're taking advantage of me. I don't trust you. And now I'm mistrusting, mm-hmm. right? So depending on that, one of the things will happen. Either the egg will be in the nest and it'll be raised as that bird's own, right? It's not Robin Olsen has a cuckoo it has to take care of. So it's, like, hey, here's a baby. I'm bouncing, <laughs> right? The other option is they don't trust it and they kick the bird out of the nest, right? So they get rid of that egg. Okay. Or the other one, which I think is kind of terrifying as well, is like, so like a cuckoo will come in and leave the, the egg in the nest. That egg will hatch first. And then does it eat the other ones? It kicks the other ones out of the nest. What the fuck? Yeah. It'll kick the, like, it'll, it'll actively go out of its way to either starve out its competitors... 
or to kick them out before they can hatch. Like, and, like, it's, like, you know, it's a recently hatched bird, but, like, I guess instinctually, as soon as it hatches, it tries to actively push the eggshells out of the nest. What? Birds are assholes! Cuckoos. They're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> cuckoo cuckoo, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, and so, the reason why I wanted to look at this whole thing was... I'm not going to lie, part of this is some inspiration for some stuff I'm working on for you guys' campaign. Uh, huh? Nothing. I can't remember how to spell words that aren't words. I'm spelling it phonetically. Close and... your eyes and you can hear them. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just thought, I found it very intriguing because, like, you can see in, like, society, like, where some of these would apply, like, in terms of a social construct, right? You have, like communalism and minimalism and, and uh, competition. And I just think it's really cool to think about how everyone in every species can interact with itself. And I've always just been uh, really uh, intrigued by wildlife and just by like the laws of nature stuff. So yeah. Damn but, nature. That's what you I was going to talk about. So that was interesting. Yeah. I haven't thought about, well, that's not true. I vaguely think about those relationships not, like, super frequently, but semi-frequently, because I think about sharks a lot. Uh-huh. Just, like, to think about sharks. <laughs> Just to think about sharks. Which I realize is a weird thing to say, but it's true. But, yeah, I, I, I just find it intriguing, because whenever I think symbiotic, I always think symbiotic as being the positive mm -hmm. one, being parasitized as negative, whereas, like, parasitism is a part of symbiosis, and mutualism is the one I'm thinking about when I think symbiosis. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, um... Kitty? Yes, my What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I had, uh, entertainment. Uh-huh. And here's the notebook for you. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, and so, I... <laughs> Love it. I wanted to talk about a game that John and I have been excited for. For a while. Um... Fucking page are my notes on? Holy hell. You should have it be like choose your own adventure and she just like write down which page I, I just here. I just go through pick a page. Yeah. Well <laughs> That's the one. The dance of Genghis Khan. <laughs> the dance of Genghis Khan. Founder of the eugenics movement. <coughs> nice. Spielberg. Mm. And how. Anyways. <clears throat> tell you about Atomic Heart. And I'm also briefly going to talk about uh, Soviet Luna Park VR, because it applies. Those both sound really cool. You made a, like a face of recognition. Um, I heard Soviet, and I heard Lunar, and I heard Park, and all those are words I can identify with. I just like bitch slapped the mic <laughs> with my notebook. <laughs> did you really? I did. I can see the clip. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sid? It's a fuck you sound. Oh. It's like, we are not naming the microphone fuck you, Sid. Sid. Toy Story's antagonist. Which, what, what the fuck ever happened with Sid? Did they ever explain what happened to Sid? Did he, like, grow up to be, like, a psychopath? I feel like he had to be able to become a pseudo-killer. I feel like universe. he either, like, 
grew up and became a serial killer or a domestic abuser. He works at Pizza Planet, I'm sure. Or he did something stupid and died. Or the trauma of seeing toys come to life put him into like an insane state and <laughs> he had to go to a menstrual institution. Menstrual? Menstrual institution. There we go. That's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> yep, they just sent him right to Bedlam. <laughs> right to Bedlam. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Atomic Heart is a game that John and I have been excited about for eh, a decent amount of time. That's it. <laughs> Tune in next time. I just forgot what I was doing. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? There's just people like, yeah, I'm really excited for this shit. You should roll for the next episode. Bye. <laughs> no, I just special thanks. Um, <coughs> I hilarious. Started off a sentence that I didn't understand how I was gonna weave back to my first bullet point and. Uh, mm. There is actually another form of symbiosis. Spider webs in grass is actually neutral. That's just litter. Right? Or like cows walking on grass, right? Well, actually, no, that, that's a mechanism. I was going to say, doesn't that's, that hurt the grass? It does hurt cows the grass. Cows are heavy. It does. <laughs> there we go. A cow weighs a little bit more than a spider web. Does it? What yes. if it didn't? terrifying that means it's mass that means that it's molecular structure is so spaced out that it literally like think about the spider that would make that web we'd have to burn the whole earth down. <laughs> <laughs> the face you made was was that of like you're like smiling even though you're disgusted it's like it's kind of like a, like it's hard to describe because <laughs> you're like like, ew, but... I'm so I, unhappy. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Wait, it's sorry. not even like I'm bothered that much by spiders. <laughs> it's just a cow-sized spider. So, here's the problem. Wasn't there a movie that was like called, like, Eight Legs? I have no idea. Cool, I'm gonna look it up. Go for I, it, though. So, my issue isn't so much with, like, real spiders, which, like, not a fan. Fake spiders, though. Um... And not even just fake, like, fake spiders, but it's, like, the thought of spiders. Uh, pictures of spiders. Eight-legged freaks. That's what it was called. Is that the Spider-Man that you were talking about earlier? Yeah, here's the... Okay, hang on. I'm going to show this to you, and it's, it's going to make you get the heebie-jeebies. I just, I'm warning you in advance, because I don't want you to be... Well, you're still going to be mad at me. But I'm still going to show it to you. You ready? It, it's a B-list movie for sure, though, based on... Uh, from the producers of Independence Day and Godzilla, though, oh man, the f it's all right. If you want to, if you get terrified, just look at the bottom right of my phone. Ah! <laughs> right, but look at the actor. Air. Ah! <laughs> the other faces. Yeah, no, I do not like this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in that movie they sp the way how they won was they sprayed perfume in their face because it messed with their sensory, you know, organs. Their sensory organs. Yeah. No, I I've always had issues. Like I remember we had a, like a biology oh, book I mean, or something. It's also eight legs. We had a biology book that had like a a large like double page picture of a spider or a tarantula or something that was like look at this anatomy and like I just I could not I could not. 
I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. But that's my life. You want to know something that's really creepy? This is on the other side. Uh, I saw a movie. I don't I'm know. I'm beside myself. I never looked at <laughs> I I looked. There was a movie that one of my roommates from long ago was watching. And I never found out what the name of the movie was. But there was like, there was ants that crawled into a guy's room. And while the guy was laying on the bed, they crawled into his ear. Uh, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But they crawled into his ear. Like an earwig. And then, like, all, a whole bunch of them did. And they and ate the, his brain? And they pushed the remainder of his brain out. And they hijacked his body's central nervous system. What? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you fucking like, lost me there. Like, I know. And then it was like this human that like had like a small bit of brain on the outside, controlled by ants, ants. in his. But head. I think it was like alien ants. <laughs> alien ants. Okay. Like at first I was like, oh, you, and now I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but also, like, I don't think you should be sticking things in people's ears. Especially no, if you're an no, ant no, and you're sticking yourself in their After ears. I saw, and like, and I saw this movie like a couple years ago, but that thing gave me fucking nightmares for ages. And like, I was like, I need to tape my ears fucking shut. Like, I don't want anything. There are just certain places that things don't go. I don't want things up my nose. I don't want things in my ears. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. And that's the end of that statement. I don't want things under my fingernails either. Oh, no! <laughs> Why did you bring that one up? Because I don't! That's like the weirdest sensation. I, have you ever gotten something like jammed under your fingernail? Like a splinter? Or, yes. Or other things? I don't know. I Yes? Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. I had a sliver that big find its way underneath my fingernail Ooh. and down into my thumb. And the funny thing was, is I literally was walking past a doorway, and I went to go put my hand on the door, and I caught it in such a weird way that part of the door jam was just like... Ow. Yeah, that hurt like a bitch. That, like, that splinter didn't come out for a solid three weeks. Oh, God. That was painful. And it was just, like, festering, so I had to keep, like, putting, like, hydrogen peroxide on it, and, like, just trying to keep cleaning out, cleaning out, cleaning out, so I don't lose the thumb. Uh, yeah, you need that for stuff. <laughs> that kind of stuff as well. I'm sure it helps to have a thumb. It does, like this. To grasp phallic objects, yes. I once oh, was shaving. So I was in the shower. I dropped my razor, and the way that it came down, it landed on my toe, and it took a chunk out of my toenail. That was an unpleasant feeling. Right, because it's just like a divot. Like, did it actually breach your whole nail, or did it just take a chunk off the top? Like, in. Like, there was a hole in my nail. And it took quite a while to grow out. Oh, man. It was not nice. <laughs> I've had a similar situation, but I think it was with a knife. I mean, they got landed on my nail. Why can't the rest of my body just be made? Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> I regretted this decision as soon as I thought I regret you this decision. It's like that. body armor. Oh, God. That nice, pale, pearlescent pink. No! The sheen. That's disgusting. I would have to kill you. <laughs> you would be in a 
abomination and you should not live. <laughs> I know we're friends, but you must die. But you have to die. <laughs> Honestly, if you were covered in fingernails, I don't think we could have ever been friends. Oh, man. You could oh. just paint me, though. That would be so much work. That's a lot of paint. God. Sorry, I know I've thoroughly derailed this conversation. Let me, let me uh, try again. Where were we, by the way? Atomic Heart. Oh, that's right. So Atomic Heart is an action RPG about things that could happen in an alternate reality where the USSR is at the height of its power in the 1960s and 70s. Okay. Uh, so the technical revolution has already occurred at this point. So right. Uh, like robots, the internet, holograms, all of that kind of stuff has already been invented and is being implemented. Implemented. But all of these innovations are immersed in an atmosphere of communism, imperialism, and confrontation with the West. I've heard of this one. And John and I have talked about it because we are excited about it. Hmm. So this was... This game was designed... Er, sorry. This game is being designed by Mundfish, which is a Russian dev company that kind of seemed to just like pop up out of nowhere. Hmm. Like, they, the first trailer for it, they just kind of, like, quietly released. And they were like, yeah, here's this trailer for this game. And we were all like, what? And then suddenly everybody's paying attention. Um, they currently have one game that is released, which is kind of a weird thing, which I'll explain a little bit later. Okay. Um, and it's a VR game. It's on... Er, for... Uh, blah, 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 on Steam and PlayStation. And that is called uh, Soviet Luna Park VR. Mm. Uh, so that game has about... They really love the SS USSR. Well, it's a Russian dev team. They're in Russia. Oh. Huh. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, Lunar Park... Mm -hmm. Luna Park, I should say. Uh it's got about, like, 40 adjustable minutes of gameplay, you know, depending on how you go through Adjustable? Things. Well, yeah, like, Slide. so it's like, there's about 40 minutes of stuff to do, but depending on how you do it, it could take longer or shorter, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got four featured locations and supports one to eight people. And the location is named uh, Facility 3826, which will come up later. Mm. So the locations in this game are so... Uh, the facility 3826 is, there was some sort of like a presentation going on and mm -hmm. you go into it and it's like, it's very clear that the AI that was part of this presentation has turned against the creators. Ah. And so there's this fight for survival. Sure. So the first location you go to is the showroom and the player mm -hmm. has to fight for survival against zombies after this presentation where the AI... Well, duh. I mean, yeah. Uh, like, the machines all revolt, blah, blah, blah. So then the next location is the sunken storage, and that's under the store... Under the showroom. Uh, it's storage that's used to contain toxic waste, as well as failed experiments. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to keep failed experiments with the toxic waste. How could that possibly go wrong? It can't. <laughs> so after an explosion... The player has to deal with this strange red liquid that is filling that room. 
Um, and it doesn't, like, you don't know what it does, but you have to get it to stop to be able to leave the room. Um, mm -hmm. I assume it probably does not so nice things. It's just your blood. <laughs> the So from the storeroom, then you go mm -hmm. to the broken tunnels, which is the only way to get from the storeroom to the final location. So the broken tunnels are, like, the player has to, they're, so they're the underground tunnels. And you, the player has to traverse not only just, like, the environment of the underground tunnels, but there's also a high-speed trolley and just a lot of highly unreliable electronics that you have to use to get through this area. Okay. All while trying to avoid confrontation with various angry things. And then you get to the final location, which is the theater. And this was built by an insane scientist, and it offers a series of tests that allows the player to move machines and manipulate like a ray of light to try to charge a battery to activate a giant robot. There so, we go. Yeah, the point of activating the robot is that it's supposed to, you know, give its final performance. Um, but we, we don't necessarily know what the purpose of activating this robot is. Mm. So Luna Park is set in the same timeline as Atomic Heart, and the storylines do cross over. So the protagonist of Atomic Heart is a KGB agent called P3, and they are investigating Facility 3826 because human contact has gone quiet. Like, they haven't heard anything from the facility, so P3 has to find out what happens. Mm -hmm. So the facility is named after Russian name. Hold on. So I think the facility is named which could perhaps be referring to a Russian neuroscientist, animal and human behavioralist, and physiologist. Physiologist. You did it. You got through it. Physiololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololololol
originally made to serve the needs of the Soviet Union, either in industry or just like Soviet citizens in daily life, but they all have this combat program that can be activated in case of war. Hmm. So, and that made me think a little bit of Mr. Handy. <laughs> I love Mr. Handy. Um, Almost as good as Fisto. The, the style of this game makes me think a lot of this mashup between Fallout 4 and Bioshock Infinite. But it's funny you said that because my brain immediately, like, uh-huh. the name, thought of those two games. Uh-huh. And that's, like, that's, the art style is very, very reminiscent of that. Which, should I ever tell you I still have to beat Fallout 4? I haven't beaten Fallout 4 yet, either. I have all the DLC. Good, so do I. I paid for the season pass back when it first came out. Oh, really? I just never got a chance to finish playing it. I got, I got it for I don't myself that. as a present when I had my gallbladder out, because I knew I would have time on my hands. True. And I have not had time on my hands since then. Nope. But... That game is super fun. Sounds like you need to lose another gallbladder. I don't have another one. Well, I have one. <laughs> See, here's the thing, though. If they take yours out, you have to recover from it, not me. Wow. It sounds like I'm winning in this situation. Are you? No. Because then you've had internal surgery. Mm, and they move all of your insides around. I don't know if they do that. I like where they're at. And then weird things happen when you eat food. Yeah, all kind of things. You would not like them. Is that an episode for another day? Huh. The trailers that are out have, like, the mach- the machinery that's in it is really creepy. There, So there's these, like, machine-creature hybrids. Um, as well as what... So th- this makes me think of the ghouls from Fallout. But they're, they look like cybernetically enhanced zombies. Oh, joy. Uh, and there's also these weird sentient machine things that I saw. Also, get like a Metro vibe. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, that I there was one in particular that I looked at, and it made me think immediately. It's funny that we were talking about Toy Story earlier, of that the doll on the spider legs that Sid makes. It made oh me think God. of that. Like a, like a freaking mastermind. From Doom? What? I'll have to just show you a picture. No, I, I, I specifically mean the doll on the metal spider legs that Sid made. Gotcha. Okay. So there is no current release date beyond just saying, like, oh, it's expected to release in uh, 2019. But it can be pre-ordered on munfish.com for the PS4 and for the PC via Steam. Hmm. However, and this is kind of a weird thing, the beta is set to release in quarter four of 2019. So I would guess that it probably won't actually release in 2019. It would probably be more like 2020. Yeah. Kanye. <laughs> And John has actually pre-ordered the game, so I got to look at, like, the, the Founders Discord and everything and look through stuff on there, which was neat. Um, but so something that was kind of weird that a lot of, has given a lot of people pause is that, okay, put your paws down. <laughs> so in December, December 11th, they put out a message on Steam 
saying that they were completely shutting down Luna Park. Because they wanted to focus on Atomic Heart. So if that game was already released, why did you have to shut down? See, that's why it's weird. Like, I get it that you want to work on other things. However, the game's already why released. are you... Like, they completely shut down the servers. They don't sell the game anymore. Like, it's... It sounds like maybe they left something in there that they didn't want people to see, possibly. I... Or that they changed their mind about the game. I don't know. Because what they, what they said is that they were like, well, we have this really ambitious project that we're working on, you know, Atomic Heart. We want to get this going, so we're going to shut down Luna Park so we can work specifically on Atomic Heart. Which, that feels excessive to me, because if that's what you want to do, I guess you don't need to do anything with Luna Park. Just leave it. You I don't need that. to do updates or anything. Well, like you don't have to worry about patches, you don't have to worry about anything breaking, but I guess they also probably don't want people to, like the game or because they're not maintaining it now at this point so that could leave it available for vulnerabilities I don't know I'm just trying to think in terms of a developer standpoint the only reason you ever bring something down is because you release something that you didn't mean to release um, I mean, that's really it you release something that you didn't mean to release and you don't wish to maintain that mm-hmm. or, or you don't wish to maintain that and the only option is a shutdown because you, you want to save on costs mm-hmm. maybe that's it well, right now, the only place that that game is currently available is at... It's in Moscow, Russia, at a VR arcade. That's the only place it's available at. Uh-huh. And supposedly, it's coming to other VR arcades in other major countries, or major cities in other countries, such as, like, New York and London and other places like that. But refunds were not given to the people that already bought the game. That sounds... That sounds fucking sketch. And yeah, so it a lot of people. It reminds me of a, like a No Man's Sky. What happened with Can that? It, well, No Man's Sky had a whole controversy where like things were way over promised mm, and, and under delivered and way under delivered, and then people felt cheated that they couldn't mm-hmm. like, they couldn't get refunds. Well, this it's like they bought this game, and then it was gone, mm-hmm. like they could not play it. Right. It's like someone, like, investing in an MMO, but, like... Mm-hmm. So how, how long was the game out before it got pulled? Um... I want to say it was probably out for almost a year. It could have yeah, been... It could have been out for yeah, longer. Yeah, not great. But... That's not a great sign. I mean, they did give the people that had purchased the game... Um, they said that they will, will be giving them free download codes for Atomic Heart. However, they... Interesting. They posted the thing saying that they would be taking Luna Park, it would be going offline, and they they gave less than a day's notice. They were like, yep, we're taking this game down, the end. That was December 11th. They didn't post anything about giving anything to the people that had purchased this game until January 9th. Almost a a month. month. And so that's That's kind of scared a lot of people. Yeah, that's very shitty and very sketch, and it, it makes you, you, I don't trust, like, for me, like, it, it's making it very hard for me to trust that developer. And, and part of it could be that it, they're a relatively new company. Right. So um, they still have, like, a learning curve. And so that's, there's some, some of the stuff they've done that seems kind of sketchy. Some of PR that doing I mean, that yeah, was going to, like, really blow up in their mm-hmm. face. 
Um, and it, it seems like they are still fairly early in the game's development, so who knows when it might actually come out. But I encourage you to go look at the trailers. I think within, uh, it was either a month, I think it was like a month from when we're recording this, so from when this is actually released is probably more than that. I mean, not probably, it is more than that. Um, IGN released a new gameplay video where they had some more footage, and it looks really cool. Yeah, it just... But there was some people that were concerned about that, because so the footage that they released was like straight from the engine. So it hadn't, a lot of it hadn't been corrected for anything. So people were like, wow, there's a lot of motion blur on this and blah, 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 stuff like that. And they were like, well, that's not actually going to be how it will look. This is just like raw footage of stuff that hasn't been corrected yet. We just wanted to show you what we've been working on. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. Like I said, John has pre-ordered this game because since we first heard about it, we've been really excited because it takes some of our favorite games and puts them together. Yeah, it sounds like an exciting premise, but... Them taking down a game and then not notifying people, it just makes me very apprehensive it, as a potential yeah. buyer. But, and see, that's the thing, is that but John had pre-ordered it before this happened. So, and the, like, the pre-order levels, there's just, like, the digital download, and then some sort of, like, a, a, a founder level, and then, like, a deluxe founder level or whatever. And I think John just did, like, the lowest level. But it's weird, because their options go from, like, $40 to, like, $90 to 100 which, and I mean, there's there's stuff, different stuff that you get for, I want to say, like, backing. I mean, it's not a Kickstarter, but for mm-hmm. the different levels or addition a game you buy at, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'll, I'll be really interested to see, A, when the game actually does come out and what it looks like. Because mm-hmm. if, it, if it looks like, like, the first trailer that came out was incredible. And I, when I watched the the new footage, there were a couple of times in that video where, like, I jumped. So it, it has the potential to be a really good game if they don't do weird things to it. Cool. So that's that's what I was talking about. That's Atomic Heart. Nice. I think I was I was talking about that with one of our, our friend Katie a while ago, too, because she also likes these games. And she had heard about it, and she was like, that sounds like it's going to be really cool, and I really hope it's really cool. Yeah, I'd hope so, too, especially since it's been pre-ordered. I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, here's what I was thinking about, by the way. So that's, uh, that's, the, mm-hmm. that's the Spider Mastermind from Doom. Except the ones, the ones in here, everything is very mechanical. Or here's how, they, here's how they used to look. Like, this is old school... Doom. But yeah, that's a little bit more similar. Hmm. Ah. Oh, God. Like, yeah, it's, uh, some of the stuff they've got going on here is, like, nightmare fuel. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, and it it has the potential to 
be really cool as long as they don't fuck it up. So we'll see. Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting though. No, I mean like sorry, I know, I'm just like a little, <laughs> little, little slow. But yeah, I think that that looks uh I'd like to watch the full trailer after this if that's mm-hmm. it is really cool. Cool. So, shall we roll for next episode? Let's do it. I have my HD I don't even know what the HD name for these are. I ordered them on High Dark. Definition. I think I ordered these from Dark Elf and like they were called like a roller dice or something, but I know that they're made by HD. Oh. Is that current events? It fucking is. Congratulations. Did you get that one? Wasn't the one like you're like is the bane of your existence? Yes. <laughs> it very much loves you. Well Why did I pick this as a category? <laughs> Congratulations. I made the categories. Well yeah. There could be, like, current events, the nice thing is, like, it could be about anything. It just has to be anything within, like, what do you say? A rule is two to four weeks? I thought it was two to three months. Sure. I'm cool with that, too. (laughs) Okay. And then I'm going to be rolling my not-so-surprising dice that I have. And since you rolled yours on your book, I'm going to roll mine on your book. Well, it was, it, it, what was it on? It was taunting me with entertainment, but I got local. Okay. Here's another local dice. Local science technology. Perfect. Okay. All right. Good luck with that. Uh, Yep. Thanks. (sighs) I mean, at least you got all the states bordering Idaho. I know. (laughs) Not gonna lie, this one's probably really fucking rough <laughs> to dig through. I'm so glad this is happening for us on opening week. Yeah. I'm gonna chop my head off and throw it in the river. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> this is fine. Oh. Dog in the burning room. It's fine. Well. Well. There thanks. we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What? 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 Thanks for tuning in this week and come back. Nope. Don't go back. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye. Oh. There it is. I want to shove a rusty spoon through my eyeball. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt. Hell, my pants are coming off at this point. These things are just like, so, like, I can just slide out of them. I'm free. I'll just half just on, them half. all the way off. No, Don't leave them right no. above your knees. Half like, on, half off. That, it's like, a new weird, stuff. like, inch and a half it's like... thigh showing <laughs> Range. It's like it's like you know how gangsters like have like the pants hang down below their butt. I'm bringing it to the next level where it's like it's well, take just, it a couple like, more it's... levels to where they're just off because that's <laughs> weird. No, I got it. How about just inside out? No, it's not better. <laughs> is it not? Oh, no. no. Oh god. What a fun episode this is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> this is just. Oh man. That'll be a great soundbite. Just take your pants off. Yep. <sighs>